0: The following is a Super Spectrum Radio production. Since 1972, Carl Kolchak has reported on the strange and unusual. Las Vegas, Seattle, and Chicago have been just a few of his beats, with Kolchak continuously finding himself face-to-face with vampires, werewolves, phantoms, and all manner of creature that goes bump in the night. I'm your host, Jason Stevens, and this is the Kolchak Legacy Podcast. So when you have finished this bizarre account, judge for yourself its believability. And then try to tell yourself, wherever you may be, it couldn't happen here. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Kolchak Legacy Podcast. My name is Jason Stevens. I am your host as we take this trip through the Carl Kolchak universe. And tonight, tonight, joining with me again is Matt Pierce, who is a new fan of a new uh, member of the cult of Kolchak, and he has just witnessed episode two of the 1974 series, The Zombie, and we are going to talk all about it. Kolchak the Night Stalker, episode two, The Zombie, originally aired September the 20th, 1974. A woman whose grandson was murdered by mobsters uses voodoo to turn him into a zombie and take Revenge, Matt. We watched the zombie. Your first time checking it out. What are your thoughts?
1: It's my second favorite Cold chat Media um, that I've seen so far. The uh, the first Night Stalker. It's up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the zombie. I don't know something about it. As I was just engaged the whole time. It was. It was. It just drew me in and never let me go. Nice, nice. And that seems to be
0: the consensus for a lot of people. I think the zombie seems to be in a lot of top fives of people when they're talking about the show Mm -hmm. and let's get into the episode all right we kick things off august 14th at 2 a.m outside of a syndicate secret collection room that's right it's a fifth wheel trailer basically the back end of a semi truck and it's a counting room for all the change and small bills that make up Well, the bookie racket there in Chicago, run by the Syndicate. Not, not the Mafia. Nobody's saying it's the Mafia. No, because Mafia doesn't exist. Mm -mm. It's the Syndicate, which obviously does. Yeah. And here we are. We're introduced to Mr. Albert Berg, a Ivy League business school graduate, who is apparently also an idiot, according to Carl. Maybe that's what the Syndicate are after. And we're introduced to Willie Pike, a man who was once a boxer took a dive for money, got kicked out, and then boom, now he's just working full-time for the syndicate, being their little fists. Which you think would come in handy whenever the back doors of that fifth wheel trailer start getting busted open straight through the two-by-four that's blocking it and everything else. We've got guys whipping their guns out. Who's coming in the trailer? Is it some type of other other gang? Other quote-unquote mafiosos but who knows because what we see are those guys shooting and shooting and shooting and then getting tossed around like crazy and willie pike being killed done done the police chalk it up to uh severe blows yeah you know yeah
1: yeah severe blows that's what happens whenever you're counting uh bookie bits it happens they want those quarters there's a lot of quarters there were a lot of quarters there And so that's
0: how the show kicks off. We get this pretty drastic show of force from a unnamed creature from the get-go. The next thing kicks off at the INS. The second time we got to see the international news service and Carl Kolchak sitting at his desk, typing away on a story Mm -hmm. when all of a sudden his coffee gets spilled by Monique Marmelstein, a new character they introduce in this episode Mostly for comedic effect. And then we get to see Tony Vincenzo. Tony Vincenzo, whose blood pressure doesn't seem to be as high as it was in the last episode. Not yet. But that, yeah, it's all, it's all to change as it <laughs> works. And Tony's being very, very nice to Carl, making Carl very, very suspicious.
1: Th- these interactions between Tony and Carl are some of my favorites because, like... Tony's just doing like, hey, I'm I'm going to be your boss, and let do this thing, buddy. And then Carl just sees right through it. It's great.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, like Carl's talking about how the last time Tony was nice to him, that he sent him to Sioux Falls, Iowa for something, and yep. Tony calls him a co-worker, <laughs> and Carl talks about the time that he spent three days rewriting obituaries because Charlie Creech was on a bender, mm-hmm. which makes me question, who is this wild Charlie Creech, this man who is so constantly exposed to death as he writes obituaries for the fallen of Chicago that he's in his cups about it.
1: I mean, it's rough. It's Chicago r- has a lot of people getting uh, getting got mm-hmm. here in uh, the 70s. Charlie Creech, never,
0: never seen, I don't believe, in the show, but mm. I, li- I like he's mentioned. Yeah, Tony's just saying, hey, Carl, look, I've got something for you. It's an exclusive. You're going to love it. The police are doing a raid, supposedly, on a syndicate burial ground, which sounds just as weird as you think it does. Mm -hmm. But it's basically a place where the syndicate kills people and dumps their bodies. It's some farm out in the middle of nowhere. And that Carl can be there, and he'll be the first one to be there besides the police. But... He has to take Monique Marmelstein under his wing and with him because her uncle Abe owns he owns the INS and runs out of New York. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Uh, Carl's just like nope. But next scene, she's in the car with him.
1: She's in the car, and she is in fact quite annoying. A little bit, yeah, yeah. She's talking a lot, and you can tell getting underneath uh, Colchad skin. He doesn't want to go in it with somebody else. He wants to go in alone.
0: Yeah. And so we got we got this new like buddy dynamic where Carl's got mm-hmm. this woman and he's he's she's graduated journalism school, you know, she's ready to to be a reporter, to take mm-hmm. pics, to do the reporting, and so he's gonna have to help her, but he does not want to. And then uh they just get into the most dangerous situation you possibly could. It's like straight out of the devil's rejects, we've got an old building, mm-hmm. we've got the cops yelling into it, people yelling back that. They are, you know, the cops are saying they're going to come in there. They're not coming out. They start shooting. The cops start shooting back. Carl pulls up. Monique hops out, grabs her camera, and just runs into the line of fire. Yeah. I mean, she's not a coward. No, 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 no. And so uh, Captain Winwood, the the captain of the police force, Mm -hmm. freaks out quite a bit. Carl gets her back and tricks her into getting into the trunk before Carl then takes his camera and does the exact same thing that she did. Yes. But it's different because he's a man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's exactly it. And the shooting doesn't go too long before it all goes bad. And the police enter the barn. They come back out, and they're refusing all other reporters from... that's be- I think Carl supposedly got this exclusive, right? Of sh- I guess he, was a- he got there in order to see the raid and the shootout. But afterward, there are tons of reporters and stuff that show up towards the end of it. Yeah, there's like a TV
1: crew there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so the police chief is like, look, we're not going to have any pictures. That's it. We can't do anything about it. So Carl does something that we've seen him do in the first movies. Mm -hmm. He heads to the morgue to get his answers because that's what he does. And in this one, he runs across old Gordon Spangler, a.k.a. Gordy the Ghoul, Gordy the ghoul. (laughs) Who has a weird lottery system. With the birthdays? Yeah, Yeah. the birthdays of corpses that come in. And Carl's just dishing out cash to try to get answers. And Carl learns that the Russo brothers were brought into the morgue. And that there's a wall around their case. Nobody can find out about anything. But he finds out that severe blows don't really describe the way that Willie was killed at the beginning of the episode. And Gordy throws in a freebie mostly because Carlstone had so much cash, that a body was brought in with the Russo brothers that was also brought in previously. As in, the body has been, that same body has been to the morgue twice. Yes. And the last time, it had six 44 Magnum bullet slugs in it. So, not like a, somebody who's just tricked it. Right. And it also had chicken blood in its ears. Now, that means nothing at the moment. <laughs> it's just a weird, weird fact. So what Carl's got, he's got multiple syndicate dead bodies, Mm -hmm. one that has been beaten basically to a pulp, and a corpse that has been brought in twice.
1: It's a very odd situation.
0: Very much so. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the first times that Carl gets a phone call from Tony during this episode. Mm. He gets a call at the morgue. I love how, with no cell phones, Carl's obviously telling everyone where he's at because he's getting phone calls at the places he is. Yeah. But Tony calls the morgue. Old Vincenzo calls the morgue because Monique is super pissed that she had to stay in Carl's trunk. And Tony's worried that her uncle is going to uh, just chew him out, basically, over over this treatment of her, of his niece. He thinks that Carl is going to apologize. Like, they're talking back and forth. Carl's like, okay, yeah, yeah. He's not paying attention to anything that Tony's got to say. He's talking to Gordy about this corpse with the chicken blood in the ears. And so Carl just hangs up the phone. <laughs> yep. About this time Tony hands Monique the phone to get this apology from Carl, and he had just hung up. So then she's just even more mad. So yep. this entire episode, Tony is conceivably in the newsroom dealing with this irate woman the entire time that this is happening while Carl's just out hunting hunting the news.
1: I think this might be my favorite scene, or it's really close. Mm-hmm. Because the way that they do the um Carl's talking to Gordy. He's having a conversation with Gordy, but it just happens to fit with what, what Tony's asking him. Yes. It's really funny. He's saying like silly stuff, and Tony's like, well, I don't know why why she would say that, but whatever. Talk to her. And, and then, like you said, it hangs up, and then she just gets more and more angry. But it, it's, it very, it's very good comedic timing in a show that doesn't usually have just flat-out comedic spots. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was one of them, and it, it really worked.
0: The big benefit of going to the morgue is that Carl, of course, finds out about the corpse that's been reinterred there twice. Mm-hmm. He finds out about the Russo brothers that he didn't know about because of this a big cover-up for that, and that their backs were broken. Yes. And that Willie's back was also broken. So while, yes, they died due to severe blows, I mean, their backs were snapped. So when they do the police briefing at 9 a.m. on August the 16th, Carl makes sure to speak up and talk about what he's heard these quote-unquote Rumors he's heard mm-hmm. about the Russo brothers and Willie with their backs broken, and Captain Winwood ignores him and uh, talks about the reason for the raid and the farm's use as a burial ground. Eventually, they're kind of jockeying back and forth. Winwood, as police captains do, gets worn thin by Kolchak and finally gives up the ghost that the uh, that the body of a black man was brought in, but that this individual has not been identified. And then he leaves out answer for further questions. Mm-hmm. We're led to believe that the black man is the body that has been in the morgue two times in a row. Right. And then Gordy, old Gordy the ghoul, tips off Carl that the unidentified body is being reburied at the city's expense at St. Lucie's Cemetery. So Carl heads over there and just so happens to be there at the time that they are, in fact, putting the pine box back in the grave. Now, the old gravedigger is saying, you know... There's got to be something against the rules here because they're putting they're stacking bodies in the same grave. And Carl's like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "Yeah, there was a body put in this grave just last week."
1: Yeah, S- something's up.
0: Something's up. Something's up. So the question is, are there multiple bodies, or is it one body being reburied? Mm. Dun dun dun. And about that time, Captain Winwood shows up. Carl's at the gravesite watching this burial, like basically. A pauper's burial for this John Doe in a plot that supposedly is getting stacked with bodies, and Captain Winwood of the police just happens to show up.
1: Mm. He's got a personal interest in this action, and the question is, why? Very interesting that Captain Winwood here is, uh, is is interested at all in an unknown body's burial, mm-hmm. and then he threatens, I believe, Carl with broken arms,
0: breaking his arms. Well. He, he, he makes several threats of yeah. bodily harm to Carl if he were to, you know, keep poking around, which is what Carl Kolchak does. Yeah. <laughs> Gordy the Ghoul really hits it hard, though. He's really coming through with info this entire episode. Like, he's really the primary source for all of Carl's information in this entire thing. Now,
1: I don't know. I've not seen anything past this one. I hope that he's in other ones. He's a great character.
0: Gordy tells him that um, a young black man named Francois Edmonds, a mm. Haitian, was murdered 10 days ago. And he was in um, an up like in the numbers racket, so he was in on some shady stuff. But he was killed. Also, he was the one who was reburied. Now, there's the rumor there that, well, if he was running a numbers racket, sometimes when they get ready to get caught, they swallow the tickets yeah. that have the bets on them and that maybe somebody wanted to get to his body to see if the tickets were in there so they could collect bets off people sure pre-digital age man pre-digital age if carl wants more info he's gonna have to go go to the south side he says Mm -hmm. to check out the numbers racket there to see if anybody will uh, let him know anything and he does carl apparently roams the streets trying to place some bets none of the black bookies are taking any of his numbers and because he's suspicious probably because he's carl kolchak that's yeah. I'm sure he's got his camera he's got his camera's recorder and he's just openly asking probably a lot of jackassy questions. Yeah. Would be my guess. Yeah. But basically he tells them that Edmonds, like, was his bookie and he was floating that. And so they told him that he would need a lucky number mm-hmm. in order for them to take his numbers to prove it. So he has to go get a lucky number. And where does he go? He goes to a weird little creepy shop, like at the beginning of Gremlins. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And it's got everything in it, all kinds of weird oddities and stuff. And there he meets Uncle Philemon. Mm -hmm. Uncle Philemon, played by Scatman Crothers. Now, we don't talk about a lot of the actors and extras that are in this, but I feel like that's a name that was big enough at the time that like, that was a good little guest star appearance.
1: Yeah, that's a big get. And
0: he says he can sell him a lucky number, but he's got to like read Carl's dreams, yeah, and get his info, and it's the whole thing. So Carl's there; they're basically he's doing this ritual, and then some badass dudes roam in. Yep, including I think your favorite,
1: yeah, Mister Sweetstick. Sweetstick is the best nickname. It's just amazing.
0: That's right. Bernard Sweetstick Weldon and two of his tough guys. Uh, They get Carl, they wrap him up and uh, punch him in the guts because Carl doesn't know when to not
1: say things. Yeah, they they tell him to stop asking questions and then he immediately asks a question. So they're like, oh, he can't hear. Help him hear. And uh, Sweetstick
0: does not like the fact that he is asking about Francois Edmonds Mm -hmm. at all. So he has one of his bruisers toss Carl out of Philemon's shop. Like, they throw him upstairs. Into a
1: trash can. Into
0: a trash can. He hits it hard. Mm. Yeah, so really, Gordy the Ghoul does seem to be the best way for Carl to get info in this episode. Mm-hmm. That doesn't involve him getting punched in the stomach. He has to pay for it. But, you know, that's how it works. And so uh, Albert Berg, who we we're introduced to at the beginning of the episode, he was the head guy in the money counting trailer before the attack happened. He escaped the the attack at, at some point. But it doesn't happen again. Turns out, oh, Al bumped off, broken back, same mm. gimmick. And so the syndicate have called a meeting to discuss because he was pretty high up in the organization. They're trying to find out who is bumping off their guys, which as I imagine one would do.
1: Yeah, got to find out who's uh, taking out your employees
0: yes so carl wants to find out about this meeting and so whenever you want to find out about a meeting meeting, matt where do you go who do you who do you go to to find out about random syndicate meetings well you go to the monk Ooh, this guy this guy (laughs) (laughs) who i don't know if he's on a fire escape he's sort of wearing a hoodie
1: yeah it's like like you just see him from the back. He calls him the monk, and then he makes a joke that he didn't take any vows. So Yeah, it's... no
0: no vows of poverty
1: or silence, Yeah, which
0: means he's making money and he's talking. Yeah. And it's basically, the monk is his informant. He's just a, some dude. Carl finds out that the meeting is going to be at the Midtown Garage, and so he goes there because the top syndicate dude, the boss, Benjamin Spasado is going to be there. Mm. Carl shows up and then proceeds to like hide behind a car but like lay his tape recorder where you could easily see it on the spoiler of an orange just
1: bright orange car
0: Carl's stealth skills are lacking in this I think
1: yeah it's, conceivably it's bad
0: because not only is it the syndicate meeting and having a talk but then a big badass purple car pulls up yep and Sweetstick and his boys get out and they're all there Sweetstick is there to meet with uh, Spasato, and he's telling him that like they didn't have any part of these syndicate killings. Like, that's that's not them. But Spisato says there was a witness that said that Willie Pike's killer was a black man. Mm. And so, Sweetstick denies that. And he's just like, no, it's not us, whatever. Spisato lets him know that, hey, if any more of his boys come down with, quote-unquote, back problems, that they're going to war. It's going to be an all-out brawl. All-out brawl in Chicago. And then, Sweetstick and his crew leave. Carl, who up until this point had stayed hidden, somehow presses stop on his recorder and then rewinds it with the volume up.
1: I don't know what he did. Oh, yeah, it's weird.
0: So ridiculous. So, of course, Spisato and his men hear him. Carl gets a gun to his head. He gets taken to the car with Spassato sitting in the back. And Spassato starts to question him about all the stuff that he's heard. Mm-hmm. Which he knows because one of his guys plays the tape
1: yeah
0: and Spizzato is like super pissed but then he's even more pissed when he realizes that Carl has apparently crashed his daughter's wedding during some type of I guess crime reporting of a syndicate wedding. That, I don't know I mean Carl's in a bad that was Carl's brother he's in a bad way It was his brother he, yes, Carl did <laughs> claim it was his brother, which didn't 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 go well. Mm-mm. Carl tells him though that he knows who's killing his men. He knows. And so the guy's like, what? But Francois Edmonds, of course, is dead and buried. And they know he's dead and buried because, well, they've shot him before. So Carl bets his life that Edmonds isn't in that grave. Yep. And so instead of taking his word for it, they drive him to the graveyard and make him start digging the grave up. So there's Carl in the dirt digging a grave. The gravekeeper from earlier shows up, the one bitching about them stacking plots. Yep, they just put him down in the hole to dig too. Yeah, he was complaining about the union. Yes. <laughs> so they just they just start digging him up, and they get to the coffin. Mm-hmm. They open it up, and it's empty except for a couple little things. Turns out, blood and corn kernels. All you need to reanimate the dead. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, surprise there's not more dead animated around. Spisato and his dude Victor, they start uh, sort of going back and forth on like who even who even approved the hit on Edmonds because Victor's saying that his boss did and his boss like I don't remember doing that man. And it doesn't matter because about that time Edmonds shows up. Oh yeah, and this is where we get to see the zombie. And he looks awesome. He looks rad. It's so cool. He shows up. Starts whipping ass. Victor falls into a big pile of dirt for some reason. Yep. And then gets his back broken. Carl's hiding in the grave. Things are happening. Guns are shooting. We get the cops showing up at the gravesite. We're assuming that maybe the gravekeeper called the police because he's not in the hole with Carl anymore. And Carl's just sitting there waiting. And there's a dead body up on the top in the dirt. Just a usual, this is just a usual scene for Carl. Yep. Caught with a dead body. Yeah, Except this one he didn't make. Not at all. One of the few times that that's happened. <laughs> so we get to see Tony Vincenzo's pajamas in the next scene as he shows up to get Carl out of the police station. And we find out that Carl is being charged with grave desecration, theft of a body, and Victor freezes murder. That's a lot. That is a lot. Carl's undeterred. He hops up right then he tells the police chief, he tells Tony all about the murder, what happened, how Edmonds did it, how he's a dead man, how it's all going down. And Captain Winwood, he's all like, well, we know the body was exhumed. We don't know why it was exhumed. He's just sort of playing it off, even though yeah. he still oddly made it a point to go there before. And so he's kind of just throwing that part off. He's basically saying, he's basically pushing that like, even pushing away the fact that he thought Carl did it, just like yeah, don't even worry about that part. Don't worry about that part, and that you know, there's just no way that like a dead man had done these this crime, but Carl, and also he sort of he thinks that like the family did it, and he's like these these people are from a foreign country, yeah, you know, yeah, and so there's that right. aspect of it, and Carl believes that Francois Edmonds has been turned into a zombie. One of the dun dun dun. The Walking Dead. Mm. And the process has to do with corn kernels and chicken blood. Yeah, Winwood and Vincenzo, not impressed. Not, not even a little bit. No. No. So Carl makes a trip back to the monk. He he's really relying on informants heavily in this episode. Between Gordy the Ghoul and the Monk. He's just giving
1: out money, left and right, for info. That might be why I like it so much. It feels more like he's canvassing the neighborhood trying to figure out what's going on. He's hitting the beat. He's
0: doing all the deal. Yeah.
1: And he finds out that
0: uh, Francois Edmonds has only one known relative, his mother, Marie Juliet Edmonds, also known as Mama Lois. Mama Lois. So Carl heads to her house. He finds it. He gets gets ready to get to the door. He's about to knock. And she invites Carl Kolchak in, yells from the outside, he comes in. She's just watching television. Mm-hmm. Hanging out. Carl's talking to her. She's, she's obviously, mm, you can tell that she's playing the part of a senile person.
1: Yeah. 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 You
0: know, that she's just messing with him. And then she asked me if he wants something to drink. And he, of course, Carl's like, yeah, because Carl is a lush. Yeah. And she's like, do you want the dark rum or the light rum? And he's like, the light? So she gave him this white rum and he drinks it. And then she laughs her ass off. So I But Carl chugged it. He did. He drank it straight down. And he talks to Mama Lois about her son and everything. And every time he does, like, she talks about how her son is dead. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, oh, no, 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 no. And she's like, ah, I just, they call me Mama Lois because I make little medicines. Do you want some little medicine? And he's like, I don't even know what that means. (laughs) And so he leaves, you know, thinking he's like, "Ah, man, I don't know. This is maybe stupid. And then he goes over to the trash can. And he finds a chicken with his throat slit. Yep, that's a waste of chicken. It is a waste of chicken. That's a waste of chicken. So naturally, Carl just goes, "Oh, I'm just going to go dig around her yard." Sure. So he goes back onto her property, and there's a shed out there that he starts to check out. She goes in. He's up in the like on the roof, like looking down through yeah, like the rafters, like and he's trying to pull his tie up, you know. And there's there's an entire like ritual space. With an altar and everything. And she has all these wood boards with people's names on it written in blood. And she's cut the throat of this chicken and she's flinging the blood, saying the words. And not only do you see Winwood's name on one of them, mm-hmm. but then she's adding Kolchak's
1: name to one of them. Mm. So the stakes are getting higher for old Kolchak. Yep. He should sure drink her medicine. Yes. Which I do think that's a great a really good interaction between them because she offers him medicine. He's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that. And she's like, but you already drank the wrong.
0: Yes. Which I'm assuming maybe was like, whatever that was like a kickoff for whatever ritual. Yeah. Maybe. And I guess the setup is that the names on the boards up to Carl's are all people involved in Edmund's death. Mm-hmm. So the zombie is basically one by one hitting these names that she's sending him to do and killing and there's quite a few names mm-hmm. off of there. So it's getting pretty close to old Carl's yeah, yeah. moniker.
1: Yep. Yeah. And if you go back and pay attention, the, the Francois doesn't really attack anybody except for the names.
0: Yeah. Yeah. At the gravesite. Like, yeah, yeah. he basically, once he took out Victor, that was it. That was it. And he was yeah. on, then yeah. he was on his way out. Back at the International News Service, Carl is researching zombies, but he gets interrupted by Captain Winwood, who comes to the INS. He's really sticking his nose in things, Mm -hmm. and he really wants the story just cut. He wants to be talking about these dead men. He don't want to talk about these guys getting their backs broke. He don't want any of this syndicate business getting out. He just wants Carl to kill it, and what he's doing is he's sort of leveraging Vincenzo. Letting him know that he can have the fire marshal down there at any time. If their stairwell has boxes in it, and have loose wiring, he can get the whole place shut down. And so, really trying to use the power of the police to cut
1: into the power
0: of the media.
1: It's the first time they really do that. I think it's the first time the police are really off- offensive against Kolchak or the news stories at all. Well, that we've seen. That's yeah, that's that true. We've seen. I that's mean, true. like
0: in the in the Night Stalker, in the Night Stalker, they, they write that. their own. But that's really them. They obviously deal with Vincenzo, but you don't see that part. Right. You see them deal with Kolchak. But right. this time you get to see it all at, all at once. Yeah. And Carl, not to be deterred during this, he decides to be helpful. You know, I mean, he doesn't want Winwood to shut the place down. He's going to help him out by telling him oh, to equip all of his police officers with salt, needle and thread, and white candles. Mirroring the Night Stalker, where he tells the chief of police... The sheriff in Las Vegas that they should equip their police officers with a hammer, stake, and crucifix. It's pretty
1: standard. It's standard. Mm -hmm.
0: Pretty standard. Yeah. Pretty standard. Because he says that if they find the zombie, one, they better find it while it's inactive or they're screwed. Mm -hmm. But they find it while it's inactive, then they have to fill its mouth with salt, sew the lips shut, and then you light the candles around it. If it's active, you must light all the candles around it while trying to strangle it. I mean, I can't fault that logic because I have no alternative.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've never tried to kill a zombie, so that it probably works. And Carl does let
0: loose that um, he saw Winwood's name mm. on the list that the zombie were coming for, and is kind of wondering like, why is it on there, Captain Winwood? Yeah, what'd you, you know? do? Yeah, and he of course he just. Blows that blows that away. But you know, I mean, I'm sure Carl is like, he's on Spasado's payroll, and obviously played some role in his death. And the mom obviously knows it. Right. So I mean, Carl's putting two and two together.
1: Yeah, he's figuring. But it out. there's
0: no, we've seen nothing in this episode to pin Winwood on anything else. No, just his odd Com- wanting to squash the story and showing up at the reburial of Edmonds.
1: Yeah, so it's convenient timing a couple of times. But other than that. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah other than that he's really no different than all the other angry policemen we've seen deal with carl it's true so carl knows that Spasato is on the list so at least he has a place to focus so he knows that his current girlfriend is singing at this restaurant that's a dinner show mm-hmm. so his thought is hey zombie's gonna show up there take him out so carl heads that way and sadly for carl Monique Marmelstein's back in the game, and she's ready to go with him on this nighttime hunt.
1: She's giving him one more chance.
0: Uh, But what we see before he gets there is we've got the syndicate members out there, uh, Spasato coming out, everything's happening, and all of a sudden the big shadow shows up. Zombie starts beating ass. Yep. Kills Spasato right as Carl and Monique are showing up. They show up before anybody else. There's just dead bodies laying everywhere. And Carl goes to take pictures. She loses it. Yes. She goes yep. into a fugue state, and Carl hells a cab, puts her in the cab, and then tells the cab, "Take her to Brooklyn." Mind you, <laughs> Carl is in Chicago. What do you think that costs? I mean, it's for comedic effect, and yeah. I imagine, you yeah. you would think that like they aren't the cab isn't going there. You
1: think. Yeah, there's no way. He's going to take her home.
0: There's no way, right? That would be insane for someone to just say, take her to Brooklyn. And then the cab driver driving a semi-comatose woman up the East Coast. But, (laughs) well, (laughs) and then this is where it gets even weirder. He hails the cab. He sends her away. He looks over at the local bus and sees a zombie getting on the bus. Sure. And you see the back of Edmonds. His, you know, shirt sleeves off, muscled up, rotted flesh, just sitting in the back of the bus. So Carl hops on the bumper and, like, rides it back to the future style,
1: like, all the way to where it's going. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's better than a zombie driving. I mean, you can't have the undead driving. That's true,
0: horse. but did, did the zombie have the bus fare? Or did they just
1: they, let him on because of he's so scary? That's probably what it was, yeah. He's polite. He just sat down.
0: It's just so weird. It is
1: very strange.
0: It's very weird that he just hopped on a
1: bus. Also, there's no way the bus driver didn't see Carl on the back of that bus. No, I mean, ideally, no. Uh, he's got to. If you, he's just, this bus driver just does not care about his job. Or maybe
0: he does. I don't know. Uh, so they all end up at Moore's Auto Graveyard, which is a place of the dead, as in it's full of old junk cars. And that was one of the zombie rules they laid out, yep. is that the zombie had to be where the dead existed which I guess explains how he doesn't have to be back in his gravesite. Carl starts digging around, and he finds an old hearse, and in the back is this zombie. He's just laying there. He's just laying there. He's he's quote-unquote inactive, which means salt-in-the-mouth time. Oh, yeah. So Carl, Carl, I mean, that's the thing. Carl, you can tell, is so afraid, so afraid, and yet he still does the deed. That's one thing about Carl. He is put in situations, and he is genuinely freaking the hell out,
1: but he's still doing it. And this was more tense than the uh, than the two movies in in the first episode. He's in a car. He's in the back of a car mm-hmm. with a guy who's the size of this car. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, he,
0: very intimate, laying down next to this guy. Where no no room to like escape if he just hopped up. So Carl gets all his stuff out. He's like getting out his candles. He's getting out his salt. His needle and thread. He starts pouring the zombie's mouth full of salt and he gets his big ass curved needle and he's, and he's got the candles lit and he's about to. And as you're doing this, we see a shot of Mama Lois doing her ritual for Carl Kolchak. Mm-hmm. And about that time, the zombie Just wakes, up. wakes up and Carl goes, Run! <laughs> and runs and it all starts happening. So Carl's running through... Carl's running through the junkyard at nighttime. It's a maze of cars. This zombie is tearing his way through it, coming right at him. Carl finds basically a loop of metal cable like they used to lift things with. Yeah. And it's kind of hanging. So he, he quickly takes a hubcap, puts his candles on it in a circle, gets them lit, tricks the zombie into coming at him, puts the noose around the zombie's neck, and then flings him out. So the zombie is getting strangled, and then he slides the hubcap beneath the zombie and lights the candles. Yep. Stopping the zombie.
1: Yeah, it worked. It totally worked. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, lot of tension in that scene. It, it, like, to me, that's more tense than being in, like, the, the, the vampire's house at the end of the mm-hmm. Night Stalker almost, because this is nowhere for him to go. And you just know, like, I've been in a junkyard. And just walking through a giant yard is dangerous, much less running over cars. and like. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: against something that could conceivably move the cars.
1: Yeah, and doesn't care if it cuts doesn't. its leg or something.
0: And it has a one thought is it's coming for you. Yes. And Carl has all this. He's done this. However, during the melee, Carl falls on his camera. Yep. And it's broken to shit. Broken to hell. And it's done. So he has no visuals of any of this. Captain Winwood doesn't get in trouble. No. He never stood for trial for murder because there's no proof because Carl's photographs are all gone. Camera's busted. All gone. He just can't do anything about it. We do find out about Monique. It turns out that Tony's in high spirits because her uncle was very happy when he found out that Monique was in a cab back to New York because he didn't want her to be in Chicago anyway. He wanted her back home. Yep. Which means that cab indeed drove from Chicago. To Brooklyn. Hey, that's a fair. That's the most understanding cabbie.
1: Just no questions None. asked. No, and that, that cabbie is making his week mm-hmm. on, I mean, it's probably going to take a, a day or two, but still. Uh, we get some info from the voiceover towards the
0: end, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Mama Lois Edmonds uh, deported to her native country only one day after the events of the junkyard. So she's gone. So no more voodoo action there. mm uh, we've got uh, Captain Leo Winwood was relieved of duty for, quote, reasons of health, unquote. Francois Edmonds was buried a third time at the public expense. However, this time, rock salt was poured in his mouth and his lips were zoned shut. City officials will deny this, but you can see it for yourself if you'd care to venture out to St. Lucie Cemetery and exhume the corpse. And he says, be my guest if you got the nerve. So we've gotten permission. grave rob from carl kolchak it's true which is really all you need and that is the zombie
1: yeah i loved it yeah yeah it's 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 great it's so good yeah like i mean and hopefully there will be like this going on i mean i i I hate to say that oh i've watched three episodes this is my favorite but it just it doesn't stop Mm -hmm. and there's there's i like that he's not just going up against people who are denying the supernatural. He's kind of going up against just normal people too. So he's like got kind of two different organized crime bodies coming after him and the police are coming after him Mm -hmm. and the zombies coming after him. (laughs) It's just like, Oh, this is great. It's it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I still love
0: the fact that, and I quote, now the process that activates him has something to do
1: with chicken blood and corn kernels. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's really, which he finds both of those things in the voodoo shop. And yes. he, he asked what's for, mm-hmm. and then and then Scatman's like, "We eat it." Yes, it's he asked food. about the chicken. He's yeah. like, "It's
0: food," but that there was a black rooster that was found with the that's, stroke cut later. That's yes. true. Uh, yeah, Unc- Uncle Philemon was in on that. Uncle actually, Philemon, yeah, for sure. Now, someone you'll notice was not in this episode, Ron Updike. Well, he just solved it in like an hour. Well, this is one of only two episodes that Ron, U- Ron Updike is not in, hmm. and I'm assuming it's because with the addition of Monique. It would just be, They'd be too much too much comedy in the office area.
1: And they're also kind of the same character in what they do. Like they they kind of just comedically get in the way of culture. They foil culture. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah by existing. Yeah. Just by just by living. That's really Nope. That's really Monique
1: great. is more brave than than uh, Updike is. Oh yeah. At she least was gung ho. Yes.
0: Yeah, she doesn't care about bullets or anything really.
1: Hopefully the monk and uh, Gordy come back. who remains to be seen. It does.
0: Oh, uh, one fun note about this episode is that originally in TV guide, the zombie was listed as the debut episode of Colchak the night stalker. Really? And then it was the ripper, huh? Which goes to show you can watch them in any order. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. The zombie with awesome, awesome makeup effects. So cool. The zombie played by Earl Faison, who's, Big old boy. He's huge, huge. And of course, we could talk for a second Mm. about the sweet purple and gold car. Yes, that sweet stick drives in for the meeting.
1: It is. You found out what it was. What was it? It's a seventy-one custom Eldorado Cadillac. So nice. It's it's like a mile long. It's just the most badass car so gorgeous so cool yeah it's so cool
0: so cool and there you have it folks episode two the zombie with a tell play by david chase who a lot of you know from the sopranos who knew that carl kolchak would lead into one of the greatest television shows of all time outside of kolchak the night stalker also one of the greatest television shows of all time if you are a fan of listening to this show if you're a member of the cult of kolchak by all means be sure to hit us up on instagram at the kolchak legacy where you can check out all our posts which are mostly just video clips of kolchak the night stalker and random other photos and if you would like to hit us up chat with me about anything you'd like you can do that at the Colchak Legacy at gmail.com. And of course, be sure to follow the show on whatever podcaster you're using. Be sure to rate and write a review. We love them. We got a couple cool ones from Apple. We posted some of those up on the Instagram earlier this week. So be sure to let us know if you're enjoying the show and chat it up with us about what you like about Colchak because let's face it, the Night Stalker can't be beat. Thank you for listening to this Super Spectrum Radio production.